Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back this week to The Kitchen Table. Last week, we began the new year talking about how the gospel is needed in our lives as warrior mothers, as mothers who are standing in truth, calling for our children to stand in truth, as warrior mamas who are battling against the lies that the enemy can bring to us. How do we... How do we apply the gospel there? And what does the gospel do there? And we talked last week that when we begin to understand that God freely makes you and I right in his sight, that that is the message of the gospel, that you have been clothed in his righteousness and no more is comparison a part of your story. When you don't have to control it all or hold everything together for everybody and make sure that everything happens well, when you can surrender instead and allow the one who truly does control it all, the sovereign God of the universe, when you can actually surrender and allow him to be your leader, there's rest. And when we really feel that impulse or the temptation to withdraw, to become cold, whether it's to protect our heart, whether it's because it just feels too hard, that instead, instead of withdrawing and instead of becoming cold, we can find rest and we can find true um, hope in those moments. And the reason for all that is because God stepped into the middle of your life and my life through his son, Jesus Christ. So that's the gospel. We need to know it. We need to know how it has run through our lives, how it flows out of us so that when we engage with our kids, when we're having these conversations, when we're faced with the struggles of parenting or even the um, faced with the struggles of walking them through something that they're struggling with, we are actually speaking words of life and words of hope to them and not just Christianese. That's not going to do any good. I've talked before and we laughed at another episode a couple years ago about the idea of giving a Jesus juke where you just throw this flippant Jesus speak onto something. It will not satisfy anyone's soul. And our children can see through it. As I'm walking now with my kids who are in their 20s, it is, they are not fooled. That does not feel desirable to them. But when they see the fact that my soul is at peace and at rest because I've exchanged my yoke with the one who promises that he will carry it all, when they see that I can walk fully surrendered and I'm not caught up in controlling it or keeping all the pieces going perfectly well, when they see 
that I'm not spending my time comparing how I'm doing anything with anyone else because instead I am secure in who God has made me to be. That is compelling to them. That is a conversation and that is a language that begins to be very um, interesting for them and also attractive to them. They will begin, you know, they have begun as more of the adult people that they have become to draw alongside of me and say, well, what would you do here? How do you see this? And y'all, that's what you're looking for. And it feels super hard. And I shared with you how hard it felt for me in those young years. And you don't know if this roadmap is going to work. But I'm going to tell you something. I promise you that the gospel changes everything. And you can trust that Jesus is at work in your life and with your kids. So today, we're going to be talking more about understanding the gospel. But we're going to be talking about it from the lens of the title of this podcast, You are a warrior mama, and I do not use that term as some cute catchphrase or some way to just make you feel so awesome, although today I hope at the end of this, you literally get off this podcast with me and you are like, God, you are awesome because you begin to understand your identity as his warrior. Do you understand he has invited you into a position and into a victorious stance with him? And it has nothing to do with your strengths or your weaknesses that you bring. Again, we go back to the gospel. We know that all of what has been done was done long before we brought anything to a table and said, God, we'll exchange this and can we please have some of that? That's not how the gospel works. But we need to understand what it means that there is a warrior within and that God is calling to the warrior within you and the warrior within me. We often tell ourselves stories. It's how we actually process the world. I don't know if you've ever understood that, but stories is the main vehicle for the way our mind processes anything that happens. And so in the world we live in, there are lots of stories going on right now. And lots of people telling us lots of different things. And you and I, as moms who live inside of just the phone era, have lots of stories happening on our phone. Whether that you're getting them from Instagram or um I don't know, Facebook or any social media platforms, whether you're getting them through your emails, whether you're listening to the stories on news apps and news cycles, however you are receiving stories, you are hearing stories and they are influencing and telling you how you should think, how you should figure out what's going on in the world right now, how you should bring order and meaning to your motherhood. But I want to encourage you today, and I want to read something from a book that has radically encouraged my heart. It's a book called Resilient by John Eldridge, and he writes this couple of sentences that I want you to hear before we get going and understanding that we're going to 
talk about being a warrior and we're going to set it inside of the gospel. And there's going to be a little bit of story that's going to be driving it, but it is a story from the word of God. But I want you to know that this story is true, but this is what John Eldridge writes. He goes, we are living in a story, friends, a story written and being unfolded by the hand of God. Despite what the world is shouting at you, the story of God is still the story of the world. This is the hardest thing to hang on to and the most important thing to hang on to. The story of God is still the story of the world. He goes on later on in that chapter to say that if you're going to begin to cultivate a resilience in your mind, an ability in your mind to say, no, I, I reject the story that the world is telling me, and I'm going to stand strong in the gospel. I'm going to stand strong in the truth that God loves me. His son, Jesus, came to rescue me. He has clothed me and made me new. I'm not going to be compared. I'm not going to need to have control. I do not need to grow cold. I do not need to give up. I can stand confident in this moment in order to have that mental fortitude to do battle that we have to do every day, this is what he writes. He says, the story of your wor- of God should get more of your attention time than any other media. If you spend 30 minutes a day consuming what is news, and maybe in, even on social media, he writes, then you need to spend more than 30 minutes, maybe twice as much in the scriptures or listening to biblical podcasts. Instead of using your downtime to scroll through Facebook or Instagram, use it to read something that reminds you of the story of God. Remember, the battle right now is for the narrative. Who gets to frame the story for you? Either it will be God or someone else. And another um, way to look at this is last week we looked at Matthew 11. And we looked at the way that Jesus invites us to give him an exchange and to say, here, God, here's the yoke that is just making me weary and heavy laden. I believe you will give me rest. I want to exchange it. I want to take your yoke. I feel like sometimes when I've worked with other women and definitely in my own life, so I want to start with actually me, oftentimes I believe that I've handed that yoke over. Oh, yes, I totally get that verse, God. You take it. I don't want it. But what I have learned over time is that in order for that yoke to be exchanged, I do need to look in my life and see, am I standing with a different yoke? And there have been seasons in my life where I am not standing in the rest that Jesus promises me the rest that he promises I will learn from him in that passage. Because instead, and great symptoms of not having done the yoke exchange, so I just want to share this in case this is for you too today. When I am having ongoing over and over um, obsessions, like I'm overly concerned about something, I haven't exchanged my yoke well. See, I'm still owning a very weary and heavy laden yoke. And what I mean by that is there have been seasons where like 
all I want to do is get my house right. I mean, like my house, I mean, my house is out of control. I can't get my house right. I've got to get my house right. I've got to get order. We have way too many things. We need to get it all down or we need to make it beautiful or I need to make it look just like this or it always needs to be neat. It always needs to be clean. And so I have this ongoing thought constantly obsessing over my house or how my house compares to someone else. Remember, that was a symptom of not standing in the gospel story. Sometimes it's been about my looks, my weight, um, my the way I look. Am I aging? Do I have too many gray hairs? Do I have too many wrinkles? What do I need to do about that? How much do I weigh? Obsessing. Sometimes it's been about my kids. There have been seasons where I've just had kids that are not behaving well or that have been really struggling or been really hurting. And there is a difference, y'all, in the thought processes of constantly thinking about, worrying about, stewing over, fretting over what is going on in the life of your child. That is different than surrendering it in prayer and standing on God's word in prayer for your child. And they're different. One is not a good yoke to carry. It will not give you rest. And the other one is a beautiful place of rest because you're trusting the one who's in control. But if you're going to learn to be a warrior within, we're going to have to start first by going, am I actually exchanging yokes or am I just giving lip service to something? Another one for me has been just, I've had seasons where I am just all the time, just kind of angry. Like it's just this simmering under the surface and I can mask it for so long, but I know that I'm a little angry. I know that I'm just irritable and I'm quick to snap. And I don't know why I'm snapping in that moment. I literally, I remember one time my husband, Troy looked at me, he goes, why, why are you being so mean? And I had to say, I have no idea. I can almost see myself being mean outside of myself. I do not know why I'm so mad. But it was because I had not exchanged my yoke, all the things I was holding for the one offered by Jesus. Maybe for you, it's just ongoing sadness. Sadness about what's going on in the world, losses you've experienced over the last few years, the way the world has changed. Maybe it's ongoing self-pity. Like you just see the world through a lens that says, I'm a victim. And and this one I know is hard to speak to because people say, how dare you speak to this one because you don't know what I've walked through. But I just want you to understand that Jesus calls you his warrior, Because he has won the war on your behalf and he has walked every moment of it with you. He has grieved when your heart has been grieved and he will one day have complete justice for every bit of what has happened. But he calls you today to stand up as his warrior and begin to stand in the victory he has given you. It's hard. I'm not going to minimize that. It is work to be done. But you cannot be chronically in self-pity or in chronic sadness of just all that has happened or chronic anger or chronic anxiety. You cannot stand and chronically be worried and fretting and 
thinking about either your child or the way you look or your home or anything else, anything else that could be what you are. And I promise you, let the Holy Spirit let you know what yours is. But you, you cannot stand up under that. It's wearisome. It's burdensome. And Jesus came to set you free. To give you strength to stand up and strength to begin walking. And also, when you begin to understand your identity, what we're going to be digging into today, then you will have promises and hope to offer another woman and to offer your child. Y'all, we, we, we can't do ministry if we're empty. But so many of us are trying to. I've done it over the years and you can't. But we can begin to learn what God says about us. And we can begin to stand in his truths and understand what being a warrior is all about. And we can walk confidently forward into a new year, into whatever comes, because we know the one who holds it all together. We know the one who knows the end and who has walked all the way through hell and come back to rescue us. So what does it mean to be a warrior? Well, you know, the only reason you and I are warriors is because there has been one who came as the warrior to rescue us. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17, it's one of my favorite passages of scripture. God gave it to me um, as a passage for me to stand in and stand on. Actually, when our oldest son was only six months old. And it says, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. We are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to one, a fragrance from death to death to another, a fragrance from life to life. But who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. And see, when I was very young as a mom, I really worried that I wouldn't do anything really well at all. And I was comparing myself to this imaginary construct I had of what a good Christian mom was and what happened with their kids and how her kids were raised. And I imagine that for many of you now that we live in the social media world, you just compare yourself to the imaginary construct that you see in pictures. And heaven forbid if your imaginary construct is something that you've picked up from one of my pictures, and I pray that it's not. And I try and live with sincerity in front of you, but I fail a lot. But it's not that God is comparing you to anyone else. But instead, he promises that he will lead you in triumphal procession. And that word triumphal procession, it is a war word. It is a word of a warrior. And it is the walk of the warrior who has vanquished the enemy. And he would walk back through the city in um, in this triumphant parade and there would be incense burning and there would be um, 
not fireworks, but just all the noise and all the celebration and everyone celebrating the warrior king who has won the victory. And walking behind the warrior king, and this is so interesting to me, would be both anybody he had taken and anybody he had captured and all of his warrior um, soldiers would walk behind him. You see, he has rescued you. We need a rescuer because we live under the threat that our performance or the circumstances of what happens around us or that could maybe happen, even not even the things that do happen, but the things that we are afraid could happen, all the threats that um, cause us, cause our heart to be anxious, cause our mind to be worried. We need someone who can come into that place and stop the threat of all of that. And, you know, Jesus does that. We have been rescued by him. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is a clear passage of how he has rescued us. But once he rescued you, he identified you as his warrior. First Peter 2, 9 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession. Why? He gives us a reason. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Remember from the second Corinthians passage, it says at the very end of that, it says, we have been commissioned by God in the sight of God. We speak in Christ. You see, as a warrior, you have an identity that has been given to you, commissioned by God. You have been called to proclaim his excellencies. He knows you. He pursues you. And he calls you by name. Over and over in scripture, we see that God seeks out his people. It says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Isaiah 43, 2. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. That's Jesus's voice. That's John 10, 14 and 15. And then in Psalm 91, 14, he says, I will protect him because he knows my name. And that is God talking about you. You and I are chosen by him for relationship with him. And when we let that truth sink into our actual days, when that literally becomes the mantra of your morning, I am chosen by God for relationship with God today. I am living inside of God's story. He is in charge of the story and I am chosen by him and for a relationship with him today then it changes the way you interact. Because the way you perceive your day has to change. Josiah is one of our kids. And when he was young, he was like, like I know all little boys love superheroes. And um, all of my boys did or do. I mean, they still are watching all the superhero movies as adults. Because why? Because we as people love stories. And stories help us understand our world. That is what the superhero movies do. But Josiah, but long before he was ever exposed to a superhero movie, began to learn about superheroes. Just he had heard about Superman. And I guess he'd seen it in Target or something. And he, instead of loving and falling in love with one superhero, which is my other three boys kind of decided the superhero that they liked the most. And that was who they always wanted to dress up like. That was who 
they always wanted to be, Josiah created his own heroes. And I love this concept. His mind is very interesting for me as a mom to watch a super creative mind. But And so his favorite superhero that he had created was a guy called Tiger Hulk. So remember, we're young, and so I think he stole some of like the Incredible Hulk's powers. But Tiger Hulk had one really impressive power, which was that he was super, super fast while also being super strong, but also being super loud, which, you know, if you're a little boy, don't you want to be all those things anyway? And so all day, for many, many, many days, he was Tiger Hulk. He would dash through the house. He was super loud. And when you would ask him to be quiet, he's like, Tiger Tiger Hulk can't be quiet. He's loud. He was super strong. So he was doing everything with a and all the activity of being this superhero. And you could not call him Josiah. You had to call him Tiger Hulk. Now, why is that a story for now? Well, I think what you and I need to begin to understand in our identity is that God calls us by a new name. He calls us his. He calls us his warrior. He calls us the one who um, is rescued and redeemed. And when we have been chosen by God, when we understand not only are we chosen by God, but we're chosen by God for this time that we live in with the kids we have been given walking right where we are called to walk. It changes our perspective and no longer do we want to be called by the old names of comparison and doubt and fear and anxiety. We need to begin to understand that we have been called a chosen race, a a royal priesthood and a holy nation, that we are a people for his own possession to proclaim the excellencies of him. He knows you. So you can rest. He sees all of you. He's not going to be surprised by what you may mess up tomorrow. You can linger in relationships rather than worrying and going anxiously from one task to another task to another thing. You can linger in moments. You can offer blessings to your children because the blessings that have been given to you, just like in first Peter one alone, these blessings have been given to you, not because you're so amazing and you're the so deserving, but because he is, and he has filled you and renamed you. So I'm going to close with this. My friend, this is what God says about you. He says this, my friend, you are blessed. You are blessed because Jesus has caused you to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, that is kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith 
for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, my friend, you can rejoice. Though even now for a little while, you may have been grieved by various trials. Know that the tested genuineness of your faith will be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Sweet friend, though you do not see him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Your identity is secure, not because you have done anything to secure it, but because Jesus Christ secured it fully. As we walk into beginning to understand how we do practical stuff with our kids, we have to know the truth in the word of God first. You are his warrior. He has called you just for this time. He's not interested in the fact that it was easier 50 years ago to be a Christian even, or whatever, whatever your mindset is of what would be better. Not interested is for right now that he knows you are the best mom for your kids, surrendered to him, walking with him. He's not worried. He is ready to work in your life. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.